This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of Okay, good uh, good day, Gordon. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Doc. Uh, confused and, uh, you know, like the rest of us. <laughs> impressed with your branded uh, outfit today. I mean, last week, you, I think I said you looked like Nanuka of the North. <laughs> this week, you look like an, an Olympic athlete in training with your Nike swoosh. Um, what prompted the sort of downgrade in terms of, uh, of puffiness, I think was the word you used last it's a, week. It's a bit warmer, Gordon, and uh, also I've got a, a much bigger shirt so that you can't see the bulges in the wrong place. That's always the problem with wearing this athletics gear, you know, it's, it's designed for athletes, not for part-time uh, occasional athletes. And speaking of which, uh, Chris Puerta on, on the line today, uh, MD, Group MD of Park Advertising. Chris, welcome, and I don't see you running around our streets as an, as an, an athlete. Jeez, Doc, uh, <laughs> thank you very much, first of all, for the opportunity. Uh, I'm actually running more now than ever before. Um, I'm, uh, the lockdown has given us this opportunity to, when you finish work, literally five seconds later, you put your running shoes on and you're out on the road. So I'm, I'm quite fortunate. I'm running about five times a week at the moment. So... Uh, at least getting get, get, getting out there a bit, but I'm hoping to see you out there soon. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, last year you were training. I, I remember seeing you training for the Soweto Marathon. Now, sadly, you know, a lot of the marathons and, and events are off, as we all know. But it's glad I'm, you know, I'm glad to see you running. And I mean, Gordon, you did your comrades lockdown comrades a, a few weeks back, so you guys are making me feel bad. Yeah, like the key word you missed out there is challenge. Okay, I mean, some <laughs> some guys actually did the comrades ninety k's. I did the twenty one k challenge, and I really enjoyed it because, and I think. We're going to see that as an event going forward on the on the SA Sports calendar. Uh, it was fabulous. There were hundreds of people on the road, literally doing anything from fives to the full yeah. the full comrades. So it was a super super event. But it's been a hard week um, for for sportsmen in South Africa um, generally. And I think uh, Chris, I'm going to pitch this one at you before we get going. Uh, Kaunda and Tunjwa, I think, was one of your uh, 
favorite sons because yes. he, uh, yes. he he was a Dale boy rather than a Free State fellow. But um, he captained SA School. They all make their way through the Free State, though. Eh? So yeah, at some point in time, I mean, he did he did, he did play for us. So he I think did. That we, yeah. We're going to claim him. Yeah, we're going to claim him. He 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 he. As I say, he captained SA Schools, and then uh, he was in a Curry Cup winning side for. For free state. When was the last time you won the Curry Cup? 1874, was it? <laughs> last year. Last year, actually. <laughs> we, are, we are actually reigning champions at the moment, Mr. Miller. <laughs> uh, okay. Then yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the loss of Kunda was devastating. I mean, uh, and, 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 a, and a young guy with a young family, and uh, it was just the, the, the I think the, when, whenever we hear of a loss like this, it, it really brings the reality of, 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 of COVID-19 home, that it's not, it's not just the disease targeting the sickly. It's uh, it's young, strong people who get sick and, uh, if, if not well looked after, can get can pass away. I mean, it, it's it's devastating for us as a sporting industry. I think absolutely, and a, and a real loss. And 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 I think the the flamboyance and the uh, the, the passion um, is something which we will miss. Even though you know uh, my basic clause that doesn't kind of extend more than you know sort of greetings in the morning but uh, the passion was discernible for yeah. anybody um, it was really yeah a sad loss but a, a marvelous young man but let's uh, just take a, a step back chris um, I, you know i i'm still in kind of media shop mode so i've kind of lost track of the 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 structure of park advertising and media the media shop don't you just kind of fill us in on on where we are on that one yeah. So probably, uh, Gordon, you'll remember probably about two years ago when we said, when Media Shop celebrated their 30th birthday, uh, which was a really big year for us. Um, we really reevaluated re the business as a whole um, and decided to start looking at starting a second agency. So um, the reality about conflict business is that once you have a um, an agency that handles a certain group of clients, you have to you. you you, the, your opportunity to pitch and grow uh, becomes very limited. So as an example, uh, I think it was 2017. Um, in 2017, we couldn't pitch on um, on APSA because we had NetBank. Uh, we couldn't pitch on Telcom and MTN because we had CELC. Um, so we, all of these pitches came and went that we basically had to, had to kind of forego without even giving, uh, giving a look in. So that was uh, honestly one of the reasons we decided to start the, the second agency, and we started a second agency called MetaMedia. Um, when we started MetaMedia, um, the, the, it, it meant that from an intention perspective, um, for me, um, I wanted to focus my attention on both agencies. So I went into the holding company. So Park Advertising is the holding company um, of the two media agencies, being, with the one being the media shop um, and the other being, uh, being MetaMedia. So that's how we've structured the business now. Uh, and so far, so good. Um, so um, I think we, 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 we're getting ourselves, uh, it's, it's the, the sort of evolution that, that I think most businesses have to go through and keep changing and keep changing if they want to stay ahead of the game. Okay, that clarifies that one for me. So I'm going to leave Doc to give you the tough questions. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I guess, you know, the, I mean, the point you're making is that, you know, you guys did that, uh, that change before COVID and a lot of companies now are forced into, into those changes for good or bad. And, 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 and so yeah. we wish you well in terms of your new structure. But I think the part I want to talk, uh, Chris, is really from the consumer's point of view. They, I guess, less worried about um, structure of, of media houses. But I want to just talk about what I see in, in the media. So if you can give us a, a high-level snapshot 
snapshot view of what's going on. Who's spending money? Who's not spending? And, and then the second part of the question is in terms of the media type. You know, is digital gaining at the expense of, say, print? Or what's happening in cinema versus uh, radio, et cetera, et cetera. So if you can just give us a, a, a quick yeah. view, um, I think that'll be really valuable for our listeners out there. Doc, there's, I think there's two there's two pieces to it. There's the there's the let's call it the audience piece. In other words, which platforms are growing in audience. Uh, but the second piece to it is, and, and, and equally important by the way, is which uh, which platforms are making money, right? In other words, are, are 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 growing from a revenue perspective. And the one influences the other. So if we if we, if we look at revenue as a starting point, as uh, money as a starting point, there's there's that old saying. Uh, that says uh, all the boats rise when the tide comes in, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the opposite is true as well, right? When the tide goes out, all the boats sink. Mm. And I've been fascinated to see in, in, in that many media types, which we'll talk about just now, have grown in audience, but they haven't grown in ad revenue. Um, I read an article the other day where uh, both Facebook and Google um, have released uh, uh, cautionaries to their shareholders in terms of advertising revenue that they're earning at the moment. Uh, using Google as an example, 10% of Google's ad revenue today comes from the travel industry. Travel is dead. Mm. If travel, if, if if the travel industry doesn't spend, that's 10% of Google's revenue that they're losing now because they're not bidding on AdWords anymore and they're not they're not really involved on in the um, in the from an advertising perspective anymore. Mm. Um, so that's a, that, that's a big knock. So even the likes of Facebook and Google are taking a knock. Now amplify that to to if Facebook and Google are taking a knock on ad revenue, you can imagine. What's happening with the likes of print? Mm. And that's why we're seeing uh, newspapers and magazines closing up left, right, and center, um, just under relentless pressure from a financial perspective. And look, that now we have to take that back a step again and go say, well, wh- why are the taps turned off from an advertising perspective? Um, well, you know that uh, that, ad re- that, that ad spend is invariably um, some sort of factor of revenue. Uh, and if you are, I mean, I'll use one of our clients, famous brands, Nando's, all of the fast food brands. Yeah. You know, if they if they spend five percent of their revenue on advertising, um, and their revenue has decreased by 40 percent because of because of lockdown and because of because of COVID, uh, that means that their ad budgets are being decreased. So, and and that then got a knock on effect from a media owner perspective. So we're seeing. Every media owner taking a beating. I don't think there's a single media owner that is really shooting lights out at the moment. Um, and, and I think that's got a knock-on effect uh, from, from a production perspective, which has got a knock-on effect from, a, from an audience perspective. And then if we were to look at media owners that I think has done really well from an audience perspective, um, interestingly enough, television has done very well. Um, we've seen daytime television grow. Um, obviously significantly mm. um, because more and more people are watching day t- daytime viewing uh, and more and more television viewing. Uh, we've also seen the radio guys adapt quite nicely in terms of changing their product to make it more relevant to, to, the, to the listener. So I, I know quite a few of the radio stations have changed their what they would call their drive time shows. Um, it used to be from 6 to 9. Now it's from 7 till 10 or 8 till 11 even mm. um, in order to accommodate the change in listenership um, and still drive listenership. Um the guys that are struggling, I mean, geez, where do I start? I mean, out of home, obviously, I mean, there's significantly fewer cars on the road. So from an audience and from a revenue perspective, they're struggling. And the other big one that's really struggling, obviously, is cinema. Mm. Um, I mean, that's just a business that is absolutely built on two things being content and and, and, um, and audiences. And they've got neither coming in at the moment. So, so cinema is taking an absolute beating at the moment. Mm. Chris, just, just in terms of the quantum um, of the disinvestment, I mean, some of the global reports out of North America and, uh, 
and Europe or Western Europe are talking about 75% cuts in budget. In fact, that, that was reported by Walk as, as a global average. You, just yeah. across the board, without obviously talking about your own business specifically, what is your sense of, of, of the cut? Are we talking one-third, two-thirds, 50%? What, what, what does it look like? Uh, Gordon, I think there's two ways of looking at it again. I think that if you go look at the impact of the actual lockdown itself. So let's talk about the period from April until where we are at the moment. We're seeing, um, and, and, and so I, I, from having chatted to a lot of my colleagues, seeing a cut of uh, between 50 and 60% in, 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 um, in, in our spend budgets. Now, if one then goes and factors in, let's assume ad spend budgets at some point in time will start normalizing, um, hopefully towards the end of the year, and we've got the first three months of the year. I reckon where we're going to end up, if I, if I had to venture a guess, I would say we're going to be net down about 35 to 40%, I think, at the, at the, at the end of the year. Um, so, and, 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 and that's, that's best case scenario, right? Um, I think if you go look at it from a media owner perspective, I think there are some media owners that will be down 80, 90 percent. And those are the guys that are that are, that are taking the biggest beating. Um, like I mentioned earlier on, the print guys that I think are, are, are under massive, massive pressure at the moment. Yeah, the print the print scenario is, is just uh, incredibly depressing. It, it really is unspeakable to think uh, of, of the devastation there and the, you know, the jobs that, that have been lost. And for me, I tweeted earlier this week the ultimate irony of all of this, Doc. TikTok, who've mm. been caught up in the whole Yowie 5G, mm. yeah. um, you know, mm. post-apocalyptic Donald Trump, the world, you know, going to fall on your head thing, ran a series of print ads globally um, in an attempt to build their credibility. I think I just look at the yeah. most bizarre behavior thing of all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's horrendous. Uh, yeah. The print scenario is, is really horrendous. And I mean, we've, we've addressed it. On a, on a few shows, uh, Gordon, in terms of of that, and it, and it is sad because you know a lot of those titles are are, are sort of institutional titles. You know, you look back at some of the, yeah. the print titles, um, and you and you have fond memories of reading that particular publication. Uh, I guess going through whether you're a kid or an adult or, or, or whatever. Chris, just changing tact slightly, I want to talk a little bit about client behavior and, and, and what you think is going to happen without letting out, you know, trade secrets or, or, or just yeah. your predictability in terms of, do you think clients are now with a, with a top line suffering, as you spoke, and you spoke fast food, travel, a lot of other sectors, do you think guys are going to be looking at budgets carefully for next year, more carefully, and taking some of those services in-house, a sort of traditional in-house media type type function or then going directly if I look at the, at the digital platforms uh, and, and buying directly as a, and, and cutting out, say, a park or a, a meta or, or a media shop? Doc, I, I, that, so, so let, me answer the, let me answer the questions. So first of all, I think in terms of looking at budgets, I think clients have always looked at budgets with, a, with an eagle eye, but I think they'll do even more so now. Um, there's no doubt about that, you know, um, and I think as you'll know from um, from your, your 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 previous life that the the pressure on a CMO now is bigger than ever before, you know. So the the, the board now looks at the, to the CMO to be the rainmaker, who's the, the guy who's going to go out there and run, produce the product and run the ad that's going to make that's going to that's going to make the business turn around, mm. right? So so I think there's a from a marketing perspective, from a client perspective, I think clients are now. Under pressure more than ever before, 
um, and I've said this before, that the, the, the marketing department, the CMO, I mean, I, I remember 30 years ago, 20 years ago, there was uh, uh, there was no such thing as a CMO. You were the marketing director. Mm. Uh, but now you've got a, the chief marketing officer. Now you, you've got a board seat. So there's a, there's a lot of pressure on marketing now to produce. Mm. So I think there is a lot of pressure, first of all, and, and every budget is now being turned over twice. I think the 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 the, the knee jerk reaction, the short term reaction, might be that some people try and take it in house. But remember, if you go look at advertise at, at agencies, the agency cost um, versus versus what, uh, what what your what your budget is. Agency cost often works out to two or three percent of, of of what your budget is, and then the then the client has to ask themselves. For the extra two or three percent of doing it myself, and remember that two or three percent doesn't go to the bottom line. Let's say one percent goes to the bottom line. Do I think I can really do it better? Um, so I don't see a lot of clients taking their business in house. I think what media agencies over the years have done a really poor job of is really differentiating and distinguishing themselves and showing the value that they add to a client. Um, and, you know, an agency will very often negotiate a really big discount for a client that is disproportionate to what they should be getting. They never talk about it to the client. You know, they, we, we don't sell ourselves to the client. And then the client says, well, I don't get value from my agency. It's because we, we do a very, very poor job of, A, demonstrating and, B, selling our, uh, our our value to our clients. So, Doc, I don't see a lot of people taking taking their business in-house. Facebook and Google, I think, are the two platforms that lend themselves significantly to um, to taking business in-house. But, e- but even there is where agencies, us as agencies, have had to adapt and evolve ourselves um, I mean, I'll give you an example. Last year, our holding company, IPG, um, bought uh, bought a company called Axiom, which is the biggest data and analytics company in the world. We bought it for $2.3 billion. You know, so now our differentiation as an agency is that we actually become the, the holders collectively throughout uh, globally of the biggest data hub in the world. Um, and I think that's the sort of things that agencies are going to be doing more of, that we can go to our clients and say, listen, we've got this data data that we have ownership of that we can overlay on your campaigns that will improve your campaigns so if you start arguing about one or two percent or three percent here or there um the value that the agencies have to add has to uh, has increased by a massive amount you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media Chris, you, you've been helping me out on uh, on a project for uh, the Liberty Marketing Institute uh, at UCT with some insights, uh, one of which is, you know, the, the growth in uh, the importance of, of, of data and, and the whole digital transformation issue. Where are we in terms, against, say, a, in a, an imaginary global benchmark, where are the local agencies in terms of the embracing of, of digital transformation. I mean, the Credit Suisse report, which uh, came out recently, says that agencies have got, and I'm quoting, a below average likelihood of a successful transition. Um, 70% of ad revenue, and this is mainly in North America and and, and, and yet, uh, in Europe where the Credit Suisse report came from, um, is still in traditional sources. Are we Are we caught up in that same kind of time lag where 60% of ad spend goes digital, but 70% of our revenue is coming off a traditional uh, uh, media base? Um, I think so, Gordon, yes. But I think it is, it, it's, incre- it's, a, it's, a credibly, it's an incredibly evolving uh, 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 game that, 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 that changes so very quickly. Um, so, so 
a lot of agency revenue and billing still comes from traditional media owners. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way uh, around it. But by the way, that's correct. It, and, and so traditional media should still play a massive role. You know, um, we've done extensive studies around the influence of, as an example, television spend on Google search. Um, you switch, you, you, the, 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 if you want to the, do, make the mistake of the, the old John Wanamaker quote of, I know 50% of my advertising works, but I'm not sure which 50%. Guaranteed the 50%. Within, within the overall funnel of advertising, traditional media still feeds a lot of the digital media uh, consumption um, down the line. So I think that I think that to answer your question around agency survival, I think agencies will survive. But good agencies that add value will survive. Agencies that that stay as they are will not survive. Uh, and I, look, I'm going to say something that might be quite controversial, but I think very often. The big old creative agency model, I think, is a dying model. And I think the, the, the old school big creative agencies are arguably um, the most compromised when it comes to, when it comes to the future. Uh, um, I think the, the, the smaller agencies, the agencies that, 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 that can offer value, that can be nimble, that can talk to their clients about uh, different solutions and not, talk, not, not try and sell a media schedule with ARs and ratings on, but try and sell solutions, try and sell sales to their clients. I think that's the sort of discussion that, 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 that marketers will always want to have and that will always add value to their bottom line. Yeah, I think, uh, Chris, and, and, and I think, you know, both Gordon and I have read many different reports and a lot of people are saying that, you know, and I think it's an acceleration through COVID now and, and you make the point now of, of data and understanding. And, and on a previous show, I made a, I forget who was the guest at the time, but about strategy and, and, and sadly through a lot of my career, most advertising strategists, I didn't rate the guys that much. You know, I didn't think they were that sharp. And so if that skill can be brought to bear now, so that when you sit with the, the, the CMO of next year, that's, as you say, under increasing pressure, top line that's dropped in 2020 is just a lost, a lost year for many companies. Some, some guys have done okay, but most of the companies I know have not done well. Um, if you can bring that, that data set, but like real proper stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, and not, yeah. not the fluff that I've, I've heard in the past. It's just... You know, you just, it's just absolute rubbish. Some guys read a report and, and then masquerades as a strategist after that. So I think you're right, Chris, and, and, and I think a lot of big agencies globally are under pressure. Uh, and hopefully they can use this time now to find those extra skills, to upskill people, to get across the line. And it's not just a pretty picture that gets sold with, as you say, you know, some ARs and some, and some, yeah. some traditional sort of backing docs. Um, and then I think they'll, they'll do well. And you need to upskill. Sorry, Chris, you jump in there. Sorry, no. I just wanted to say, Doc, you're you're exactly right, and I think that goes back to to the value that the agency brings, right? Mm. Um, I mean, Gordon will remember. I mean, I I, I, I remember even from the, the the early days, 20, 30 years ago, man, probably more like thirty years ago, uh, when uh, when Sol Kersner uh, ran ran Sun uh, ran Sun International, and you you uh, Sol would Sol would phone his agency before making a decision on a product. Uh, the, the agency had that seat at the table that businesses would not make decisions about their businesses until they've spoken with their agencies. Mm. And I think agencies have lost that seat. I don't think we've, we, we, we have, because of the, 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 the quality of staff and the people who work, I think very often agencies don't have that respect anymore that the CEO of a company, before he makes a big decision about an organization, first calls his agency and checks an idea with them uh, before making the decision. And, uh, and I think that's, that's the sad thing. I think we've lost that and we've become the guys, as you say, who make the pretty picture and sell the ratings. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And I think that's a global phenomenon that, you know, uh, marketing around the world as a discipline has lost access to the C-suite. 
So we know that. And in fact, the World Federation of Advertisers have just put out an interesting report called Project Spring, which is you know the attempt by marketing to regain a, a central role relative to procurement. You know that marketing kind of devolved to the bottom end of the rung in terms of just being a, a price-related thing. And one of Doc's favorite topics is talk the value of marketing and the return on investment, mm-hmm. not not the price. But yeah. Doc, you mentioned upskilling. I think one of the biggest challenges we face from my traditional media perspective is is the upskilling of brand managers mm. who are you know themselves not really that competent in assessing uh, a decent media plan. I mean, mm. and you know I'm sharing you know the, I won't mention the client here, but I mean, back in the day, you talking 20, 30 years ago, Alan McClarty, the late Alan McClarty, and I worked out an elaborate system for calculating GRPs. And it worked incredibly well, particularly after lunch. It involved a dartboard. <laughs> and we had a, and had a scoring system and a triple tops was X GRPs and we had reach and frequency. We even worked out the duplication. So we, we populated global reports on GRPs, you know, well-oiled, throwing darts at a dartboard and got away with it for years. I, and I'm not celebrating that, but that is just the way things were. But I think I could do it now. I think if I got a dartboard, I could con half the brand managers in this country because they wouldn't know what I'm reporting. Yeah, and I think the only difference maybe, and I, I, again, you know, Gordon, it's it's never great to criticize someone else, and, and, I, and I'm not trying to do that. I think the only difference now is it's maybe over a kale salad and a, and a mineral water. But it's the same mindset. They're not having beers at... Uh, at, uh, at, at the pub. But I think you're right, you know, and you and I have spoken about it on a more serious note, you know, in at least three or four podcasts that I can remember over, over the last few months in terms of upskilling, education, getting better, etc. Chris, I don't know what your view is, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, again, probably be, it's dangerous because you're, you're in the game. Do you, have you seen uh, skills going up or skills coming down so over the last decade in terms of, of, of brand managers, marketing managers, CMOs in, in some of the clients that you work with? Yeah, that is a very dangerous question. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I will be honest. I will be honest. I, I think we've, I've seen, I think we've seen, we've seen, um, I would say there's two elements to it. We, we've seen the good become better uh, in, in that, in that the, Good mark, like I say, the good marketing directors have truly stepped into that CMO role and understand the intricacies of business and the various levers that pull um, that that can that can advance a business. And I think is re- so, so. I think the good have become better, but sadly the poor have become even weaker. And I ascribe a lot of that to 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 mentorship within an organisation. You know, I, I think very often we're very very quick to point fingers at a triple A or a, a master or any or, or any any tertiary degree that anybody could do. I think very often the biggest holdback where all of us, I mean, uh, all three of us, I'm sure, can, can, can pay a testament to it. Your real learning school is working with somebody and learning from somebody. Um, and I don't think us as organizations do that anymore. As marketing organizations, as advertising organizations, and as media organizations, I don't think we, we, we give enough credit and credence to making sure that young people work with senior people who can grow and advance them. Well, that, that's, you know, manner to my ears because, I, I mean, I really think that's that's a crucial role and, and there's many, many media folks like myself who, who would really, really uh, enjoy being involved in a mentorship program like that. So the invitation is out there, you know, just uh, I got extended the comment on a previous occasion. Just tell Cyril, please let us out of our homes. You know, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves. Don't worry about my advice here, Cyril. You sort yourself out. I'll, I'll take care of myself. But... Chris, the, the Credit Suisse report uh, was interesting in, in, 
indicating that during the lockdown period, 87% of, uh, of people were working for home in, in the advertising agency business. So how do we get around the mentorship thing? How do you, I mean, the reason I came into advertising was so that I could play darts with Alan McClarty and, uh, and have yeah. a good time. If you had offered me 45 years ago the chance to sit at home with a laptop, I think I would have declined. So where do you see the, the working from home thing balancing out that uh, need to have a, a mentorship? Jeez, Gordon, that, that is currently the million-dollar question that nobody has the answer to. Because, uh, so, so you're exactly right. We're in the same boat. So, I mean, we from when we heard, we went into lockdown. Within four days, literally our entire organization of 200 people went from working in the office to working from home. And I must tell you, honestly, it's been seamless. Mm. We've not had one query. We've not had one client complaint. It's been 100% seamless. So one then has to say that there has to be a future for more people working from home. But it's that balancing act that, that so I'll, I'll tell you another story. So we have, a, within our organization, we have a service where we offer the counseling of a psychologist for anybody who's feeling sad or depressed. The, uh, and, and the company covers the cost for it and all of that sort of stuff. The take-up on our company psychologist over the past three months has skyrocketed. And that's got a lot to do with exactly what you spoke about now, Gordon, where, where you miss that interaction of sitting with another human being, hearing people talk, mm. standing around a coffee machine, um, talking to another human being, um, having lunch with somebody, uh, bumping into somebody in the bathroom. You know, th little things like that that, 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 that is just that human interaction that you have. I'll, I'll, interestingly enough, by the way, I'm actually at, at, at the office at the moment. Um, I, I, I'm got so hot full of working from home. Um, mm. I actually came into the office and I sit in the office and work. It's just. To, to have some sort of normality, and I, I do worry, Gordon. I think it's got a, it's, it's going to have a big impact on on um, on people who work. I think it's going to have a big impact on people's psychology, um, and it is something that us as organisations are looking at very, very carefully to make sure that we manage that. Yeah, and I, th I think for me, you know, the beautiful thing about it, life and advertising has been the sharing of ideas. You know, it's uh, it's that old adage i can't remember who which which sage came up with it but you know um say doug if you and i each have an apple and we we swap apples you still have an apple and i have an apple but if you have an idea and i have an idea and we exchange ideas you've got two ideas and i've got two ideas yeah. it's exponential yeah. so i think that's where we are at our most vulnerable in that regard but yeah. chris i'm going to just make one last comment then when i hand to the the doc to, to wrap it up uh, I might need the name of that uh, psychologist to deal with depression, but just in case Arsenal doesn't get through, uh, uh, you know, in the, the FA Cup final. So just keep that number on hand. I might be calling you in a week's time. <laughs> Doc, I'm going to let you wrap it up. Yeah, uh, Gordon, thanks uh, as always. Um, Chris, thanks for your time. And I think you're 100% right. You know, I mean, there's a lot to be said for remote working and efficiencies and costs and all of those things. But I think I still, I miss the canteen talk, as you say, the water cooler, yeah. the spontaneity. You know, some of those ideas, Gordon, you, you don't know what you're going to say often. But, Absolutely. Uh, whereas now on Zoom, you know, I've got to set it up. I've got to choose a time and um, we send each other a list of topics and it's quite sterile and, and quite, and of course, you know, the, the better we know each other, there's spontaneity within that and I, and I buy that. But, um, Certainly, you know, I mean, I look at bumping to, into somebody in the car park, as you say, you know, Chris, I, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, without being fuddy-daddy and old school and old-fashioned, I still miss that. I, I miss the human interaction. And, you know, maybe in, in future there's going to be a hybrid of some description or another. We'll, we'll see. 
But Chris, from, from our side, just closing off, thanks very much. Just one last thing. How do people get hold of you? They want to find out about media. They want to get involved. They want to learn something. What's the best way to get hold of you? Awesome. Thank you very much, uh, Doc. Um, they can get hold of me on my email. It's probably the easiest way. It's chris, C-H-R-I-S dot Boerta, B-O-T-H-A, at parkadvertising.co.za. Easiest way. Um, and uh, I'm pretty good at my email, so I'll respond almost immediately. Great. So if anybody's keen to chat, yeah. that's my email address. Thank you Thanks. very and, much. And Chris, just in, in social platforms, are you on LinkedIn or Facebook or one of those? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I must be honest with you. I don't know what my LinkedIn uh, <laughs> It's Chris Puerta. But people can look up Chris Puerta. Chris Puerta Media. Chris Puerta, you'll find me. Uh, uh, Facebook as well. Twitter is Chris Media Puerta. That I do know. Um, so yeah, any, any, any social platform is more than, more than happy to access them too. Great. Uh, Chris, thanks again for your time. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, to our listeners out there, as Gordon and I always say, get involved in the conversation. Please like us, follow us on Facebook, get on LinkedIn. We're on there as well. Uh, be part of the conversation. And until next week, we'll catch you then. Take care, everyone. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and then from my side you can get hold of me on LinkedIn Dr. Doug Matanz I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show Thanks Doc and it's uh, Gordon Miller the Guru signing off thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today you can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle at Mzanzi Media and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.